Hey, welcome back, Sword and Spirit Fire Carriers. You know that's what you are, right? When you're a Spirit-filled believer, you are a Sword and Spirit Fire Carrier. Amen, amen. God is good, and I wanted to drop in and bring you an encouraging word. I have been sitting on this word, meditating on it, getting downloads off and on for several days now. Uh, About a week ago, the Lord said to me, what is your role? What is your position? What is your field? And I know I shared some of this um, in some other places, but I want to pick up with it today. So I had to meditate for a few minutes. I'm like, Lord, I know what a role is. I know what a position is. And I believe I know what my field is. But if I knew more confidently what you considered to be my field, I believe that I could stand and approach it more effectively, more confidently. So I began seeking the Lord. Um, He shared some things with me about this. But over the next several coming days, like the Lord's been giving me download after download, and it just feels like every conversation that's come my path has come back to this. What is your role? What is your position? What is your field? So let's talk about this a little bit. So we know that there are roles that we all play so to speak, such as uh, mother, daughter, father, son, cousin, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, various things like that. Those are all roles that we play. So it's easy for you to figure out for yourself within, you know, the basic level of what some of your roles are. But then it gets a little more complicated when you start to look at societal roles, cultural roles, different things like that especially in our modern day society. But I kind of just want to share just a little bit here on the basic ground level of our role as, let's say, mother, father, daughter, son, things like that, aunt, uncle, cousin, sister, brother. Sometimes we can know that, hey, that's my sister. Hey, that's my half sister. Hey, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's my stepson. That's my stepdaughter you know, so on and so forth. And yet we don't know how to stand in that role. And I've been having this conversation with a lot of people lately as the Lord has laid this on my heart and just trying to encourage people stand in the role that God has already mandated upon your life. The role that you know, biologically by blood or by marriage, legality, different things like that, you know, that you own. A lot of people want to sit back because of insecurity, fear of rejection, Uh, Maybe there's been legit rejection, things like that. They tend to be inferior or insecure to step into their roles. I want to just take just a moment and just remind us and encourage us to stand in our roles at the best of our ability as unto the Lord. And don't wait on someone else to give you permission to do and be what God has told you to do and be. If God has already said it, God has already ordained it then we need to, as spirit-filled believers, stand in those roles as unto him to the best of our ability. Of course, we don't want to be forceful. We don't want to be controlling. We don't want to push aggressively, um, pushing ourselves onto other people just because they may be blood or family or, you know, something like that. But on the other hand, we also don't want to stand back and be the absent mother, the absent father, the absent daughter, the absent sister, the one who is disconnected and distant from the rest of the family if we can help it. 
So I want to encourage us just, you know, to really stop and look at our relationships and look at our roles and our family, amongst our family, like looking at that basic beginner level. And then I want you to kind of add in friends. Who is your friends? What does your circle look like when it comes to friendships, when it comes to family friends or friends of the family? You know, like your immediate direct circle. And after you look at that, I want you to look at, do you have a cultural or societal role? Such as, now societal roles are, you may be a priest, a pastor, a minister, a nurse, a doctor, a technician, a pharmaceutical uh, worker. You know, there's different societal roles that literally um, come into play when it comes to the career field that we've chosen, when, we come, when it comes to our skills, our licensing, you know, different things like that. But then there are also roles that some of us have, even though we may not be, have chosen it for a career path or even necessarily be licensed, such as counselor. Maybe God has anointed you to be a godly voice of counsel. Maybe God has anointed you and called you to carry a shepherd's heart, although you may not pastor a local church body, you still shepherd and pastor a local group of people or pastor amongst your circle. Um, there are a lot of people who have shepherd's heart and they, they just tend to take care of their circle of people and they very much pastor them, they disciple them, they encourage them, they're there to help in times of need, you know, those kind of things, although they may not carry the regular title or have chosen that as like a career path when they may not have a building that represents that but they carry the heart and God has mandate, mandated that role upon their lives so it's important to stop and look at these kind of things and understand with our role comes our position we need to seek the Lord and understand what position he has put us in in different various degrees and make sure that we are fulfilling our position as we stand in our role. So I can be a mother and have the role of a mother, but I may not fill my position as a mother as far as doing the motherly duties, the motherly responsibilities. I could be an absent mother or I could go clear the other extreme and be a smother mother. And, you know, so like there's things like that, that the Lord was talking about as he put this on my heart. And then the Lord said, what is your field? So I took some time to pray about this. What is your field? And I'll just tell you to sum it up, what the Lord has showed me is basically what God calls our field first and foremost is literally everywhere that our life touches, where your voice can reach, where your hands can reach, where you can have an effect. The people that you literally have an inroad to that, you know, they come and go crossing your path. You come and go crossing their path. You know, they are part of your field, but also our field is not just about the people, but it's also goes back to our role and our position. So as a mother, I very much may have a position to mother others that are coming and going across my path, but they may not be my biological children, but I can still stand in my role as a mother and still fulfill my position as a mother in my field and mother those who may not have mothers, be it spiritual or natural. And, you know, mothering 
for example, changes with different life stages. So I'm going to mother a toddler or an infant completely different than I mother a teenager or a young adult. I'm going to mother uh, adult children that are now mothering or fathering themselves completely different than what I would have when they were young. I'm going to even mother um, someone who may not be my biological child, but the Lord has assigned me um, a position in their life like a spiritual mother and even a nurturing mother in the natural. Some of us carry a grace and an anointing to be mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, things like that. You know, amongst um, the people that come and go in our life, the people that are present that we can touch, you know, and like, even if it's cooking a hot meal and taking to someone, um, you know, that's not necessarily spiritual. It can be, but it can also be natural, but it's very motherly to do that or helping someone mow their grass. If they don't know how to run a mower or start a mower yet, that's a very fatherly duty that we can, you know, step into and help out a young man or something who may not have a father and we can step in and in our father role and fulfill a position when those um, opportunities present themselves in our field and so I really wanted to just take a few minutes and kind of expand on the kind of direction of thought the Lord's been sharing this with me you know concerning our relationships and I also want to share you know a lot of people are insecure, they fear rejection, they don't feel like they fit in, they don't feel like they're accepted, and so therefore they stand back and they miss a lot of opportunities that God has mandated and already assigned for them to be able to have places to be a witness, places to stand and use their spiritual gifts, places that are really part of their calling, but it's in the midst of relationships. It's it's literally found and fulfilled by standing in our roles, fulfilling our position and understanding the heart of God. Remember in the but way back in Genesis, God created family first. He created Adam and Eve and breathed the breath of life into them as his children, as literally created in his image, as his offspring. Um, and we need to understand that God's heart is first and foremost family and relationship. Just like we all as believers have heard those messages that say, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. Well, we need to stop and apply that same truth to how we approach calling, destiny, ministry, gifts, things like that. Because there's many people in our day and age right now that they are running to and fro. They are trying to find who they are. They are trying to find destiny. And they are like looking for calling and seeking out. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they may have prophetic gifting. So they want to immediately jump into the role of a prophet and be in, you know, position to to prophesy and to minister prophetically and stuff, but yet they've skipped over their first their first foundational roles as mothers or fathers or brothers or sisters. So let's think about this for a second. The Bible calls all of us brethren. Jesus, technically being the only begotten Son of God, you know, takes on the role and position as our Lord and Savior. Of course he is, like he is our Savior. He's the one who gave his life for us, but he also fulfills a position as our elder brother. 
okay? But we need to understand that the Bible calls us all brethren. We are brothers and sisters because we share the same father. We call upon Abba Father. So are you a good brother or sister? Are you aware of the brethren that cross your path, whether you know them or not? You know, I have a complete set of, um, I guess you would say mindset or way of thinking when another person crosses my path, be it in the natural or uh, even on social media, the moment I see fruit and evidence that they are a believer in Jesus, like when they start to try to approach me, I'm going to handle them and deal with them differently with the mindset of this is a brother or sister in the Lord versus those that, you know, maybe they're just approaching me with a different motive or something and they don't do not yet know the Lord. I'm going to approach those types of conversations and interactions differently according to what is the role, what is the position and knowing my field. And so this is just some food for thought that I really wanted to share. Um, I wanted to kind of come back to this. I may come back to this again. We'll see what the Lord says, but I just kind of wanted to share with you guys kind of the direction that the Lord has been taking me. This has been coming up in so much conversation. I've probably had a good 15 hours of conversation with various people over the last week concerning this word that the Lord dropped in my heart, really a question that he posed to me, but I very much felt like it was a prophetic question, like a prophetic word that the Lord dropped in my heart. And I really believe it's because the Lord is trying to prepare harvesters, laborers. I believe that he's wanting us to get in our rightful roles, to recognize them, to step away from the fear of man, to say no to the fear of man, say no to insecurity and rejection, literally stand as unto the Lord in our role fulfill our positions as worship and obedience unto the Lord to the best of our ability and begin looking for opportunities who's crossing your path who's the Lord putting on your heart on your mind who is in front of you or who are you connected to that maybe you've overlooked that you may be the one that the Lord wants to use to encourage that person or to help them feel accepted to help them feel like hey it's okay for you to let down your guard and be yourself it's okay for you to be your genuine self around me i'm not going to judge you i'm not going to criticize you i'm going to love you where you're at today and you know i'm here if you need some help you know like not from a haughty perspective or an arrogant or prideful perspective but just from the fact that you're being surrendered yielding submitted and obedient to fulfilling your own role and position unto the lord Okay, not all of us are equipped to help everybody that crosses our path. And sometimes people want to be needed so desperately. They want to be helpful so desperately, but they don't yet have the experience or the skill to truly be helpful. Well, they need to be an encourager. They need to be a prayer warrior. One of the things that kind of bugs me about some people is that their need to be needed They try to be so helpful, but yet they really don't have the means to help yet. They don't have the experience to help. They don't truly have the time and the lifestyle to help with certain things, but yet they're constantly trying to be helpful or trying to say, you know, they want to be helpful. And the helpfulness is being expressed from their heart as a desire, but yet they are not taking the time to get equipped to obtain the skills necessary to be helpful. And so it's like they just say it out of a habit because they don't know what else to say or they say it out of a desire that they cannot yet they can't yet fulfill that role. So, you know, 
even when you're looking at your role and your position and your field and stuff, what kind of skills do you need? What kind of experience do you need to get? Who is around you? Who is also connected to you that you can look to to help gain skill, to help gain experience, to help gain more knowledge so that you can be helpful to someone else who maybe is like not quite where you're at yet. For example, a mother, maybe you're a young inexperienced mother or you have very little experience at being a mother, but yet you want to be helpful to other mothers. Well, maybe you need to find a more seasoned, veteran, experienced mother and kind of get on her hip, so to speak. Kind of learn to watch her, learn from her. You know, it's very biblical. The Bible literally tells us that the older women who are more mature are to teach the younger women who are less experienced. In the same way for guys, fathers should teach sons. And just because it may not be your biological son does not mean that you do not have a biblical accountability to be ready and available and step into your fatherly role, fulfilling your position and help out the younger sons in the kingdom. Okay, so we're supposed to be a big family. We're supposed to each one know our spot and always be learning, always be growing, but always also be looking for opportunity to pour what you have available to pour. There's no condemnation. There's no, um, you know, like prideful arrogance that needs to take place. If you feel like you don't have much to pour, pour what you've got. Turn around to somebody younger, somebody less experienced than yourself and pour out what you have learned. Whatever it is that you have, whatever level of knowledge and experience you have, it can be helpful to someone, okay? But we have to know what we're carrying and stop overlooking the basic things that we think are just, they don't matter. It could be teaching somebody to cook. You may not only know how to cook five or six meals yourself or just some basics, but there may be a young couple or a young mother right there around you somewhere that they literally don't even know how to make mac and cheese yet. They don't know what temperature to bake baked potatoes on, or they don't know, you know, how do I do a grocery list and go grocery shop on a budget? All of us have something to offer. When you learn to pour what you carry now, God will give you more. He who is faithful with little will be blessed with more. He who has will be given more. He who knows how to sow will reap more. Okay, so I'm going to end there. Thank you for listening and joining me. And I will be back with more to share on this as the Lord leads. And I want you, I want to challenge you guys today. Think about how this fits into restoration and recovery prayers that many of you have been praying over the last several weeks. Is there somebody in your field that you're praying, a relationship you're praying for restoration or that you want to see retribution or recovery or whatever come to that relationship or, you know, in that family that you can be able to help actually be a restoration worker, somebody who carries the restoration because you make the first move, you reach out, you do something to pour, you do something to be helpful. And are you open-minded and open in your heart and willing to be a good student and to be a receiver and to let someone else that's in your field as well, who may, not, who may have more knowledge and experience than you, are you open to them pouring into you? And can you also allow restoration to come that way? Amen. All right. I love you all. Thanks for listening. 
We'll be back with you for more. God bless. Hey, welcome back. So based on that thought, let's continue on. I want us to look at the story about Peter. One of the cries that have come out of this word that the Lord gave to me has to do with an anointing like Peter had when he was sent to Cornelius. I have been crying out for whole household salvations. I have been crying out that the Lord would anoint laborers, messengers, people who are standing in their roles, fulfilling their positions, knowing their field, and working their field. So I'm going to start in Acts chapter 10. It says, As Sisera, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all of his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angels who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier and among those who attended him, and having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were there preparing it, he fell into a trance, and he saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate, and they called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guest. So the next day he rose and went away with them. And some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day, they entered Sisera. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and all of his close friends. When Peter entered, see that? He called all of his relatives and close friends. He called in his field. 
When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Don't overlook that. God had showed Peter that he should not call any person common or unclean. So I was sent for. I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all of Judea, beginning from Galilee. I want you to pay attention here. This is how your field grows. Okay? He was sent to Israel initially, first field, preaching good news of Jesus through Jesus and literally all throughout Judea, the field expands, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews in Jerusalem and in Jerusalem, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. I want to stop and ask you, have you seen or experienced something that God has done in order to make you a witness where God has chosen you to testify of his love, of his goodness, to be one of his witnesses? Who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. As the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. It was first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. They were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Chapter 11. Now Peter goes to report to the church. 
Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Now listen, I'm going to pause for a second. Do not sound like these who criticized Peter. They said to Peter, You went to the uncircumcised and you ate with them. Do not be like these and say you went to the unbelievers and you ate with them. You went to the unbelievers and you went shopping with them. You went to the unbelievers and you went to the restaurant with them. You went to the unbelievers and you camped out with them. Don't be that way. Do not call common or unclean what God has created. Understand that when God gives you the power to become his witnesses, he will send you to those who need to hear the testimony of who he is. Okay. We have to understand the way that God uses us to share his word. Verse four, but Peter began and explained it to them in order. So Peter tells them everything that happened. I'll let you finish reading this on your own. But I want you to understand out of this question that God posed to my spirit, what is your role? What is your position? What is your field? Within a matter of two and a half days and many, many conversations, lots of downloads, lots of meditation, and just the Lord stirring this in my heart, I found myself without thinking, crying out for an anointing like Cornelius had, or an anointing like Peter had, to fall upon laborers, to fall upon harvesters, and for the Lord to help us to get in our positions prepared and ready for harvest. I am believing God and crying out to God for, yes, restoration and recovery for many of you who have been praying and crying out for the same. But I am also praying and believing for God to raise up witnesses who carry an anointing like Peter and then like Cornelius, who has the power to make more witnesses and bring whole households to restoration back to know their father, God, their creator to bring whole households to the Lord, to bring whole household salvations, to bring revivals in their fields. What if your field was scheduled for a revival? Are you in your role? Are you fulfilling your position? Can you see your field? That's all for today. Join me next time. God blessings. Mm -hmm.